This is Trent Reinsmith, your host, and today is Monday, December 14th. This is a, another episode of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. And now, here are the topics for today's show. UFC President Dana White tries to make it sound as if fighters are going to retire or move on of their own accord, but that's not really true when there's a roster purge coming, is it? Um, and I discussed the UFC bubble and the UFC's protocol and an email the UFC sent out to fighters and corners. And uh, that makes it sound like the protocol and the bubble have been uh, failing a little bit as of late. And now, on with the show. I know the cuts, the upcoming cuts for the UFC roster have been a topic for quite a while. But I just want to cover something that Dana White said at the UFC 256 post-fight press conference over the weekend. And what he said was, I think between last year and next year, you're going to see a lot of the old big names moving on and retiring. And that's, you know, kind of a nice way to say that between last year and next year, you're going to see the UFC cut a lot of the old big names that make a lot of money, and they're going to be forced to move on or forced to retire. There's a difference in those statements. Um, what White said seems to imply that these fighters are going to do so to retire or move on of their own accord. The reality is much different. The UFC seems to be in cost-cutting mode. And so these fighters who are bigger names that the UFC has kept on board because those names have been draws, even though they, are, they might be on losing skids or know having a, a difficult time well those days of carrying name fighters who get paid a lot are coming to a close so you're going to see a lot of i and this is something i said since the uh, surge in dana white contender series fighter signings happened over the summer you're going to see a lot of uh, big name fighters gone and you're going to see a lot of for lack of a better term no name fighters coming on and replacing those fighters with $12,000 starting contracts. And so therefore, you're going to see a lot um, less deep fight cards. That's just the fact. My, what I suspect here is that the UFC is expected to make more of a profit in 2021 than it did in 2020. And it knows that it can present cards with uh, fewer big-name fighters on it, and that the ratings will, you know, at the very least stay the same. And to do that, to make more money, to, to, to make more revenue um, with fewer expenses, that's going to be done by cutting big name fighters that might be on losing skids and might be aging out of top level MMA. As a business decision, it makes sense. As a uh, way to draw fans in, it does not make sense because those fighters, even though they might be on losing skids. These are the fighters that are going to attract what would be called the casual fans. They know these names. They don't necessarily care that they are on losing skids because they don't follow the sport all that closely. Um, I mean, you're going to have your baseline 200,000 to 400,000 fans that will always purchase something and always watch every fight card. But if you want to see increased viewing, well, then you have the name fighters. And if these name fighters are on losing skids, like I said, the casual fan will still watch because they know the name and they don't care 
much more than a name. And that's just the way the sport goes. You don't have to like it. You don't have to accept it. But if you hear a name, you know, if you're not a hardcore fan, well, you're going to watch that. You're going to watch those fights. And so there's going to be a lot less of those come 2021. And I think a lot of this has to do with Endeavor and the new ownership group of the UFC. You can argue this if you want, but I believe that this, that's the fact. Um, once a ownership group sees the way the profit and revenue is increasing and in, and in 2020, they saw it do so if Dana White's to be believed without crowds and with lesser fight cards. And so the implication from this extended period where we saw lesser fight cards and, and no crowds for nearly the whole year of 2020 is that we can make more money if we just keep delivering the same kind of events, but we can make more money if we do so with fewer big names. So let's see how that works in 2021 as a profit generating um, idea. That's how businesses work. That's how capitalism works. I don't think you saw that so much in the Zufa days with the Fertitas because Dana White and the Fertitas had fighters that they liked to watch and win or lose, they kept them on the roster. If they had a good relationship with those fighters, they kept them on the roster. I think those days are over. And I think that's going to bother some fans. But now you're looking at a UFC under a different ownership group. And while the Fertitas were willing to make maybe not as much money as they could have if they just ran, ran the business in a, in a cold-blooded business per first profits over anything way, I think under Endeavor, you're going to see that change. And you're going to see that change quickly because 2020 showed, showed the business owners the profits are there no matter what is on the cards. So that's what we get. So keep a, keep a, keep a good close look on who is getting released, how long they've been with the UFC, how many wins they have, and you could get an idea of what they were making. You know, look back at their latest uh, payouts and see what you can see. But um, don't be surprised if some fighters you have seen around the UFC for the past 10 plus years are suddenly gone. It's not going to be a shock. And if it is a shock, you're not paying attention to the way Endeavor wants the UFC to run its business. If you watched UFC 256, you saw Joe Rogan. I mean, you heard Joe Rogan try and say something about a COVID-free bubble for the UFC events at the Apex. And if you've been following along, you know that that's a, uh, a at best, a joke. And the UFC does not have a COVID-free bubble. The UFC doesn't have a bubble. From what I've heard and from what's been told to me, um, fighters, media, staff can, can come and go as they please from the fighter hotel. And I think the email or text or message that the UFC just sent to fighter camps kind of confirms that without outright stating it. And here's what it says. And this is courtesy of um, Alex, who does some work with um, Bloody Elbow. She post posted this on her on her Twitter. And I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name because I will butcher it. And I don't, I don't want to do that because it. I don't feel like feeling stupid and getting ridiculed on Slack for bloody elbow. Um, so what the message is, it's 
uh, headlined USC of use of transportation during fight week. To ensure the integrity of UFC's COVID-19 testing and quarantine protocols, no athlete or corner will be permitted to use any vehicle not officially approved or arranged by UFC once the athlete or corner has checked in for fight week. This includes personally owned vehicles, rental vehicles, a friend's vehicle, or rideshare vehicles such as Uber or Lyft. This policy applies to all athletes and corners, including those based in Las Vegas, as well as those based outside of Las Vegas. In addition, any athlete or corner who leaves the hotel property without coordinating with UFC event operations, including post-fight, will not be allowed back into the hotel. If an athlete or corner needs transportation for any reason during fight week, including to go to the market, the UFC Performance Institute, or UFC Epex, they must call. That's numbers blacked out and with UFC operations. Thanks in advance for your cooperation. So if you thought there was a bubble, this kind of confirms that there wasn't. And it if it's not hard to read into this, that everyone was just getting in any old vehicle and leaving the hotel as they pleased which according to the protocol was not to be the case. Um, while this also says, while this says athletes and corners, it does not say UFC staff and it does not seem to apply to the folks who are working the event outside of fighters and their corners, which, okay, now you're letting half follow protocol and half not follow protocol, I guess is the story here. And so that is while it's, better than nothing it's still for appearances sake only because if some people can come and go and others can't and then they intermingle at some point even a, a, a small percentage of them intermingle at some point well that's a failure of a quote-unquote bubble is it not and this of course doesn't mention anything about UFC president Dana White who has not worn a mask from day one of the COVID-19 pandemic even though the ufc protocol states that a that mask must be worn so i don't care how many times white is tested those tests are good only up until the time you are tested if you get tested on monday morning and then leave the bubble on monday afternoon that test is no longer any good because you left the bubble and you risked um catching COVID 19 and then if you come in back on tuesday well, that doesn't really answer anything because now there's the incubation time. So Dana White, who is in contact with every fighter on every fight card and a lot of the members of the camps of those fighters, is not following protocol. So he is putting more people at risk than anyone. But because he's the boss and he says it's just the same as getting a cold or the flu, well, no one's forcing him to follow protocol. And who would, be, who would be forcing him to follow protocol? That would be the Nevada State Athletic Commission. And they're not doing so. So I don't care what you do as far as a bubble goes. If you're not enforcing it with everyone that's in that bubble for that, in that alleged bubble for that event, it's good, not great, not effective. It's for show. And so if all the UFC staff can come and go, if the president of the UFC can come and go, well, then your bubble is pretty ineffective, is it not? It's more in name. It's more a name and bubble than an actual bubble. And Dana White was the one that said, you can't have these events without a bubble. You're not having a bubble. So you shouldn't be having these events. Um, so something needs to change. This little change seems to tell me a lot about how things were handled. They might've been handled well at the start of the pandemic, 
But as with almost everything in life, a comfort develops and then you chip away at the protocol. And then next thing you know, you're not following any of that protocol. And now you got to reinstate it. And that's a difficult thing. Once you stop following it, getting back on track, terribly difficult, terribly difficult. And hopefully the UFC finishes out 2020. And then when they restart in 2021, they get their shit back together because at the apex, things look a little messy. They seem a little messy. And I think this email tells us that it's been a little messy. So either the Nevada State Athletic Commission steps in and takes control or the UFC controls itself. But someone needs to do something to get it back into back into effect and get it back under the correct protocols and make sure everyone from the people who turn the lights on at the apex to the UFC president to the to the CEO of Endeavor, they follow the protocol for the fight cards. If everyone doesn't follow it, you have a hot mess. Look at America. And why is that? It's because everyone has their own, not everyone, but there's a differences of opinion on what needs to be done. And so COVID spreads. You need a hard set of rules here, not just rules for some and not for the other. And until you do, you're not really going to have control of this. You're going to have luck. And I think the UFC has operated on luck for, uh, for, for a good amount of time. They might've had a, a good start, but they got comfortable. You got comfortable, you got complacent. And now the number of COVID-19 positive tests are, have ramped up, um, during fight week. Need to get that back in control. Need to do that at the start of 2021 for the first event. And if it's not done, White can brag about this all he wants to whoever he wants. But the big picture is going to show at least at the apex, the protocol was not a success. And what success it had after the complacency set in was dumb luck. Sorry, but that's how it appears to me. And with that, I think those are the only subjects I really have for this evening. And until tomorrow, everyone stay safe.